Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Eighty-seven of this week in league. I'm Nate, and I'm Jay, and I am Glenn. How's it going, fellas? Yet again, <laughs> I'm grinning, fucking grinning, because winners are grinners. Yes. How good oh. is footy? I'm I'm grinning because just like winning vicariously through Twill Nation is just fucking great. I mean, we're, like, we're going to get to the game recap for later, but I'll tell you, it was fucking heartwarming today. Like, today. Seeing those bets oh. that, 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 our, that our mate Ryan, who actually who, who we broke bread with on the last day of existence of Fat Belly Jacks, right before Correct. the Ryan hit hard. That's it. And he, he came to the Facebook group last night, and he's like, look, I've got a couple of multis on. What should I do? And one of them was a um, 100 bucks on... A long multi that paid him about was paying about eight hundred bucks at the end of the the end of the line, and it was reliant on Parramatta beating the Tigers thirteen plus today. Yep, he had another multi. Was, I can't remember how much the stake was, but he stood to win about thirty eight hundred dollars, and it re- and the last leg required Parramatta to win by one to twelve, and the payout figure on that one was about a grand. So I said, look, you know, a grand is a good magic weekend for you. Take the grand. Take the grand in the hand. Don't get greedy. And then this other one, because Parramatta are going to beat the West Tigers 13+. plus. So take the other one and then let that other one ride because you're going to get like another 800 bucks or whatever it was because yeah. Parramatta are surely going to win 13+. plus. So then we get to the game itself and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and the way that game finished, I was riding that bet home as if it was my own. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't believe it. And I've never, ever wished... For Mitch Moses to kick a goal in my life until today, until until the eighty-first minute of that game is <laughs> the first time I've ever wished anything good to happen to that little shit fucking. Germ. I, I feel that you've unlocked some some secret here, um, a la the best-selling book, The Secret. <laughs> also, also perpetrated by Queensland brain genius whose name I can't remember. Kevin's hide. <laughs> you should write a book called If It Rhymes. Do it. <laughs> Your sole advice to this gun was you get a grand in the hand. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was just applying my other learnings from other lessons and don't get greedy, take profits on the way. <laughs> that's that's all. And okay. I thought and you so, know, if you bet two hundred dollars down and you're taking a grand out of it, then that's a massive that's a big yeah, win. So you've just overthought good. everything and fucked it. 
You just so need no. the next page is don't be greedy or you'll end up needy. Well, there you go. All right. Done. We're fucking making literary history here. So what do we call what do we call it? It needs to be punchy, like you've got the you know, the secret. Do we call it the rhyme? Or do we call it, you know, the, the time of rhyme or the time to rhyme or you know. We need to come up with a punchy title. Mm. Mm. The rhyming couplet. I just feel like I don't have much to offer when it comes to multis. I'm just gonna stay out of it. I should have probably done that. No, you week. fucking don't. You do, you fucking throw, don't. Do, you throw, do you throw? Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's right. Well, hey, on, it's fucking you know. storming out. See ya. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the door. Thank hit you. For, I'm I'm so I'm so glad you piped up there, motherfucker, because I totally forgot about the way you cost us. Well, you know what you did because you know I said like you know if we win hypothetically this multi that we we're talking about last week on the, on, on the Wednesday episode I was, hypothetically if we win we'll just give it to charity and I was thinking and as it's happening I'm like this is going to fucking happen this is going to come true yeah so what do we do oh, charity like we could just throw it to like Mossy or something yep I mean he was he was a, he was a fucking mascot of the show old soggy we could throw it to his um you know learn to walk again charity or you know whatever it is and that would be amazing. Except the one thing about multis that um, it's like the downside of multis, it's when they don't fucking win. That is a and, that is a fairly strong downside. And that takes us to the first game of the round, <laughs> where we had uh, the Panthers forty six defeating the Seagulls six. I'd like you to get the multi up at this stage, Jared, just so you can remember the exact legs that we had on there. The Panthers had a double to Brian Toto. Yes. I, I, I felt like I was very high on Toto's chance of scoring tries in this game, but we'll talk about that later. Leota, kick out. I actually even said almost kick out for two. You I know did that was say a, kick out for two. I know that wasn't a requirement and we didn't put that on the multi, but I did say that. Matt Burton, I think we agreed, was uh, going to get a try. We were all agreed on him? No, we, we were on Movs. And we were on Capewell for sure. We So it was kick out? Yep. Capewell? Mm-hmm. Momorovsky. Yep. Panthers thirteen plus. Yep. All of and which ca- all of which cash those happened. those all ca- yeah, all cash. And we voted for Toto to score. Mm-hmm. As a winger. Yes. In which case fucking Super Oracle over here <laughs> goes fucking Charlie Chase scored three tries in a game a long time ago and so he's gonna do it again. And we said, okay. I've never been more offended. You can say what you want about the multi and the gambling and all the... I don't fucking talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say hundreds of episodes of audio recording say that you do. (laughs) I just feel like you got the tone wrong and the pitch is just way off. If there were only a way that we could analyse your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Put it this way. Your fucking Alexa's going haywire in the background of your house right now, <laughs> just based on me. <laughs> but so, unfortunately, we, what we didn't take into account was that um, Charlie Staines plays outside Momorovsky, aka fucking Nappy Sand, because doesn't he fucking make Staines disappear? Fuck Not that to mention, the, like I haven't, like he, he I haven't seen anyone with. So much white line fever as Momorowski since watching fucking Al Pacino and Scarface. Correct. So, uh, Cleary, six of eight conversions and a penalty goal. It's all beside the point. Uh, this game played out pretty much exactly the way that we predicted. 
Mm. Um, one thing I did notice, though, that, and this this pattern also followed the Manly pattern as well, of like you know conceding some tries early, scoring coming back, holding pretty staunch, and actually you know competing for probably the first twenty minutes of the second half, but not getting much result out of it. In this case, none. And then falling away at the end to like you know let the score fucking blow out a bit, and even the, despite all of that, if they could defend on the if they could actually defend on the goal line, like I reckon five tries, I don't know exactly. Let's say five tries came from just like making contact in the goal line defense, and then the guy sort of spinning or just being able to lunge enough. Yeah. To sort of get like the you know it's fucking crazy and like that is literally the ball game right there. Even if you don't, and like you look at other games that happened, for example, um, the Titans were probably you know not the greatest example, but an example. Um, the Raiders though, you know specifically, just being able to defend your goal line. Yep. Because this the the way the rules are at the moment, what's going to happen is teams are going to just roll end to end, end to end, end to end. So the real differences come in. Obviously, how well you roll, but it's just being able to defend. If you can defend your goal line, because you probably doing teams are probably doing more goal line defense this year than you know than than ordinarily, because it's just rolling from end to end more often. If you can defend in your in your twenty to Look, repel I'll, most raids, I'll try to remember fucking... to make sure of this for next week. But some some cautionary um, or, or early look I did on tackled in opposition's twenty stats. Yep. Didn't really point to much of a difference. Yeah, but for However, example, in, in this example, what I mean is like Penrith didn't score any tries. There were these glorious fucking backline movements from fucking, you know, from far out. They were all, you know, close. They, they was down that end and then sort of getting close and then sort of, you know, breaking through and like getting an arm out and that yeah, sort of 100%. thing. Like, you know, they were just, they were just failures in goal line, in Correct. goal line defense, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, you know, positives for Manly, none. But if you're going to p- choose some, obviously Custer's, you know, if he doesn't fucking start, I mean, my God, he's like the fucking, one of the only bright lights of the fucking side. Um, yeah. And all, actually all of the bench guys came on and did way better than the, the people who, who they replaced. So I would like to see those guys rewarded, you know, with starting. And, like, especially, like, Tigers fans will be like, oh, fucking, you know, Aloye, this, blah, blah. He's fucking, he's been fucking great. Like, like legitimately good. That guy can play. In badly In badly beaten teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he's fucking, and off the, considering he's not starting, the fuck, he's making meters, he's fucking great. And um, and those same, same Tigers fans that have anything negative to say about the way he left the club, all bullshit aside, guy was probably our best player last year. Yeah, except for the other one that left the club, Harry Grant. Yeah, <laughs> and like he and and I believe he won the rookie of the year of the entire competition. Yeah, which was, yeah, yeah. I've, I've raised Harry Grant from my memory for my Harry own Grant health. was great. He, oh, Harry Grant was great for the time. There's a fucking really cracker is. of a game comment coming up about Harry Grant. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all all the Panthers the Panthers keep rolling. Uh, oh. The the barely fucking waiting for their fucking hooker and fullback to come back and fucking uh, waiting for fucking something to happen. And, dude, um, and the fans dude, are just your, waiting for uh, your fullback coming back. Mm-hmm. Does not fix that fucking rabble. Like, and you, what what you, you pointed to was exactly correct in terms of goal line defence. And just pure fucking complacency. 
you know, effort face gives you a bit of spark in attack. He gives you a tiny little bit of organisation in the back. Well, he gives all the organisation. But he he's, runs he's the not making, That's part of the problem. He's not making up five tries. No, but I mean, if there's just a, you know just a general improvement in communication and cohesion across the defensive yeah. line would make a massive difference. Just yeah, a little, just just a little bit, mm-hmm. even a little bit. Yep. But the fact that he's like he's he's I mean he's like Brett Stewart was. I mean he actually you know coordinates the entire fucking defense. So which is why it's such a uh, such a blow when he's not there. But um, we shall see. But the the thing is the game the game today is fucking built for like hookers like fucking Fainu to fucking to to slice through yeah. you know mm-hmm. when they feel feel the urge. And 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 like especially this weekend in these lopsided games, it kind of lays things more to sort of to you know bear to see. Really, you just need to have a hooker that gives quick service, not yep. one out. That's it. You need to, you need to be able either get it one out, and then that guy sends it on again, or the hooker you know sends it out to the edge because you can't just go one out yeah. and have the guys running into places where there's fucking encampments of. That's it. And, and on that note, Penrith are doing all of this at the moment without. Their hooker that does exactly that. So this was yeah, an but Ap- I mean, this was an appulous Panthers side. But they still do. But they they're, they're still their second best is still able to provide the service required yeah, to do that. He, you know what I mean? he is. He is. But Kenny relies a lot on, as you just alluded to, the extra ball playing ability of forwards around him, especially mm-hmm. guys like Yo that that essentially yeah. plays like a another, you know, pseudo half. Yeah. Um, but in terms of of Penrith, they they just kept doing. What they did, it's another example where they they were really in this game for the full eighty, and by that I mean from when Manly started to get on top through some weight of possession and controlling the football because in the beginning they were terrible, like dropping yeah, the ball yeah. everywhere, oh, the usual. But when they could hold on to it, they built a bit of pressure on Penrith so much so that Penrith started to make Samaras especially coming out of their own end. But for them to be able to sit down and really weather that refocus and come back out in the second half for their bench forwards, you know, the the fucking luxury of being able to bring Liam Martin on from your bench mm. to a to a tiring defence. Yep. is fucking sensational with the effort he puts in. Cleary controlled the game exceptionally well. And Luai's doing what he does in terms of adding spark and and really adding to that threat on that left hand side. He's really uh, um, this year. His game has like really gone to like this headless chook level, <laughs> where he's it just has, running yeah. around in circles mm. around the side. <laughs> but but tell me that's not tell me oh, that's great, not yeah. some of the great combos. Like think of I fucking think love, of, I love the guy. Think of Gowie and Presto. You know, like Preston Campbell was probably a bit smarter and a bit more calculated about what he did, but he had that fucking chaos agent. Chaos mm. Engine uh, play about him as well. It sucked when Manly lost Suli because he was probably your strongest attacking weapon. Yeah, and, it's, um, and he's actually been getting the ball the last couple of weeks because Ciro's injured. But Ciro never, Ciro always played. cuts back in. With- the, the game was played at Brookvale, so that was always going to cunt one of the Manly players because it's an absolute shithole and the worst grounded rugby league. But did he not injure himself like with a hip or something in a ta- in a, in a tackle? <laughs> yeah, at Brookvale. Oh, so even HIA's count Brook, even HIA's a Brookvale. It it doesn't count. It doesn't care how it fucks you. Okay. 
It is a drunk guy at four in the morning. It's indiscriminate. <laughs> it is a Sharks fan at a brothel on the Gold Coast. Or Thailand. Picking, picking the girl with body piercings because that's all that's there. Um, oh, but that is oddly specific. Out of that game, the... Looking at it, I think that one of the things that I was happiest with was if you look at the the very, very end, there were three minutes to go, mm-hmm. and Kurt Capewell was involved in a tackle where he was one-on-one. His first contact didn't stop the momentum. He came through, and I can't remember who he was tackling, but they were trying to get their arm free for an offload. And they've got their arm free three times, and every time he's readjusted the position of his arm in the tackle to prevent that offload. They were ahead by a 1,000. They were going to win the game. There was no need for him to do that. But that sort of attitude in Penrith is so fucking positive and really shows the lengths they're going to to, to be a complete football team for a complete game. But, um, I mean, like, as, I mean, but yeah, as, a, as a, you know, Capewell fan, as we all are, I mean, it, could, it would never be considered to be a surprise to know that he was fucking all over another bloke. Like I mean, th- like that's like, oh, that's the minimum I expect from him. That's is this thing that's on? cheap, even for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Well, <laughs> Do you have anything I, to say, Clint? I, I would have at least thought that you would have made some some comment to you know Brookvale being a a gloryless hole. <laughs> Until April shows up, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, see, that's that's what that's what someone should have tweeted us, but but didn't but didn't. There's an opportunity lost. <laughs> the only thing I, I wanted to add, I, I figured that you guys would wax lyrical about this one, and and um, and rightfully so. But the Jake Trebojevich, the the footage of him getting stuck into the to the group at, at halftime, trying to inspire something out of him was pretty, you know, like to see the the level of passion from a guy like that, which is, is not surprising by any stretch, but, you know, there's there's elements of effort in, in any team, no matter how bad they're going um, or how, you know, injuries and, you know, uh, lack of depth and all the rest of it. But to inspire effort, and I, I just don't know that he got – quite the response he was he was hoping to get but you know that guy is a he's the epitome of a leader in your side and I know that you know his brother gets gets far more raps because of the exciting stuff that he does but if it was me I'd I'd prefer to have Jake than his brother well yeah cuz he's on the football field <laughs> <laughs> on on that note a lot's been said there there were so many comments about this and, and that exact scene you were talking about where Jakey's there trying to do his fucking G up, you know, everyone get in and prove we're not cunts thing. And some very <coughs> notable people just completely fucking ignoring what he's saying and having their own conversations. Yeah, that actually wasn't the case though. Oh, it wasn't. No. So looking the other way, talking to somebody else isn't not paying attention to having your own conversation. I actually saw someone looking the other way and actually fucking just like cursing out loud in fucking... 
in uh, in in aggravation at the at the you know the the pl- the this try that had been scored or whatever that was that you know caused, it had to be a try. Yeah, well, the dumb kind of question he's used to talking to himself. <laughs> so my point stands. Yeah, no, that's that's basically that's just fucking haters trying to trying to just uh, find another fucking angle to to broadcast their hate. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, in the Facebook group, Rishi. Said stats question: Does the fish now have one more try assist this year than Cherry Evans? <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Shanta said, "Leota try. I'm dust already." <laughs> Greg said, "Last time I saw so many dozy-looking cunts getting fucked with such little mercy, I was watching the Bill Cosby trial." <laughs> <laughs> Always next year, fuck bags. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. <laughs> Ryan said, my wife just told me she really likes the number seven on the Panther side. My life is the pits at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Hammers said, remember that girlfriend you had in the late 90s, early 2000s that still crosses your mind and leaves that what if we got back together kind of feeling? Well, Manly and Des are showing you the result of that reunion so you don't have to go through it. (laughs) Do you reckon they re-sign him, Nate? Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Just, Just... do you, do you reckon they re-sign him? I wouldn't be unless, um, you know, like a, with with some KPIs in place that need to be met before. I, I, they, I didn't you know, ask what you would you know, do. Before they extend. What is the club going to do? Haven't they already done that? Didn't they already give him a one year? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Ha- I mean, I know they're talking about it, but I don't know if it's actually mm. happened. I mean, it may have. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was at a stage where, like, yeah, this is going to happen, but I don't know if it actually has. Mm. And I would certainly imagine that you know recent events would uh, would. Would mean that, you know, it's plenty. It's 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 plenty. It's uh, doesn't inspire you to put pen to paper in a in a you know quick fashion. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Jack. You know, if you, yeah. But the thing is that it just it drives me fucking crazy because I mean, like two two had a, you know gone to a grand final, had a fucking overall great run, and I think just finished out. You know, just ended up in ninth after after results falling against him in the last round of the year. I think I can't remember for sure, but it was just out of the finals anyway. And um and he got and he got sacked with that whole results driven business bullshit, and um let me fucking tell you, time to remember that results driven business shit right now. Mm. And I'm not saying get Tuvi back, but I'm saying like you know you need to hold fucking people to the same standards. So it, it's an interesting point. What do you do though? My opinion is that the coaching stocks suffer from the same problem as a lot of the junior stocks coming through. That there's really no good nursery for them. The ones that come out don't get decent jobs or go into decent situations. So they're fucked. Look at all the new coaches we've had into for their first jobs yeah. that have gone into a fucked situation and have pretty much been marked, you know, clo- close to never to coach again and are just now forever assistants. Yeah, I saw I saw some, someone... Uh, passing a rumor to me that that I didn't believe and it's turned out to I don't think it's true but like oh you know uh, you know they're going to get like you know flannel in for like an assistant or something and I was like you know what great because if there's one thing about Shane Flanagan that I know is that that motherfucker he, will win, he will he will win at all costs he will do anything to win including cheat and I love that fucking and, and I and I love that's a winner's mentality and I love it <laughs> yeah that's it I mean, they're talking about Paul Green as like a, as an assistant. Yeah, the guy that was the the guy that is like more out of fucking touch with the modern game. 
Yeah. It's right. Yeah, fuck out of here. Um, Aaron said, that is one of the worst manly performances I have witnessed since they entered the comp in 2003. <laughs> Fat, hairy, lazy said, all this game confirms is the sexy good bloke was made to look better than what he is by this big, mobile, strong, sexy, slick footy team. Hashtag chins get the wins. That's fucking great. Um, Mup on Twitter said, does Carty take the manly job this week or does he hold on three weeks for the donkey's gig? Yeah, I think if you're getting the donkey's gig, thank fuck he's on their stuff and not ours because, I mean, then you'd be like, then I'd really be shitting myself. Yeah, fuck. Jesus. Um, at Boo says on Twitter, says it seems that the game has really passed old Des by. The fact that nearly no one, including the captain, wasn't listening to Jake behind the line is very worrying. There you go. Uh, at Claire Simo said, at the game last night, a Penrith fan shouted out, where the fuck's Momorowski? About five seconds before he scored. 100% has to be a Twill Nation member on the multi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, finally, at Lambretta, GP1971, who, fucking welcome aboard, because I certainly hope you are a general practitioner <laughs> and uh, and not a Grand Prix fan. Do you really need all of those fucking numbers after your name, though, man? I assume he was born in 1971. Yeah, but, you know, you don't want to give the impression to your account as one of those first-name bunch-of-number fucking Q&Hot bots. That is true. You know? Um, Oh, no, I got my tip wrong, said absolutely no one. That was as predictable as somebody saying my piles are bleeding after shelving a cactus. I mean, that, would be pre- that would be predicated on you having piles before shelving said cactus. But I suppose if you were someone who was in the habit of shelving cactuses, perhaps it is a, <laughs> it's just, it is just a uh, matter of I fact shall, that you do have piles. I shall leave you and my treating physician to discuss anal semantics. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. That's it. The Rabbitohs 38 defeated the sexy, good bloke Bulldogs nil at uh, Stadium Australia. The uh, Rabbits tries to Mansour Reynolds, a double to Cody Walker, Alex Johnson, Latrell Mitchell tries, Reynolds 6 of 6 conversions, and a penalty goal. Glenn. The Rabbitohs, I, I thought it was a really impressive performance. They um, they got into, got into their groove early on and, and just worked the Bulldogs over and really ground them into the turf for for 60 minutes, put points on, you know, when they were available, um, didn't overplay their hand. And then that last 20 minutes after turning the screws consistently for for 60 minutes, that, that last 20 minutes, they, they really blew the game open. And um, in, considering that they're in this type of form, you know, and they look this in sync, in round four, the Rabbitohs and the way they play and cook with the six again rule and, and stuff like that, it's, you know, they're a pretty scary side. I, th- I think they're much like Penrith, they, the Rabbits control their effort and, and their energy perfectly and, and are pretty adept at exerting what they need to do. Um, not, over, as I said, not overplaying their hand and, you know, they're playing the, they're playing the Bulldogs the result was as expected, and but it was really clinical and professional, and yeah, I, I was impressed by the Bunnies' performance, and and far less impressed with the Bulldogs, who were fucking horrible to watch. Doesn't look like there's any hope on the horizon. Um, poor old Burton, if he does end up going there, like the the expectations of that young man to to turn that absolute cesspool 
around because other than him, there's not much coming out of Belmore saying this is this this is our plan. Well, how long, how long Someone told me today for? he was. How long? How long have they signed him for? Is he on a three year? I think it was three. Yeah, I want to say three. Right. Yeah. I saw someone said to me today that the the rumors are starting to emerge as he's trying to investigate the possibilities of a backflip. Mm. And like, why why the fuck wouldn't he? Yeah, honestly, the thing with the Bulldogs is, I mean, like, my team is shit, and I don't know where the wind's coming from. But the Bulldogs, I don't even know where the, I don't even know where a try is coming from. Yeah, like that, their attack was is so is so non threatening. They they never even get to the point where you're like, oh fuck, you nearly, you know, you almost got there. They almost did that. Oh, it was no try. Like yeah. it's, it's not even that. It's just the most non-threatening mistakes in the red and zone. To to put it in perspective, it it was also a situation where they lost one of their halves to Josh Mansour's cock. Yeah, you know, true. very early on in the game, gave um, him the old fucking donor. <laughs> <laughs> Was it was it going to alter the result to any great degree though? I don't think he so. Again I mean, though, but in, in the spirit, there's of a reason why Lachlan. There's a reason why Lachlan Lewis didn't start there this year. Yeah, there is. Um, which the the only point, and you know, Glenn, you covered it off. Rabbits were great. Dogs were shit. Is the right tactic for the Bulldogs trying to fire people up? Like you know the the Jack Hetheringtons of the world really getting in there and trying to get under people's skin and put the niggle in and and all of that shit. Is that the right tactic? No. When there is so much extra talent on the pitch against you, do you piss them off? I mean the plan the 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 rationale behind that is obviously, you know, you want to get in their head and try and force them to make mistakes and and not take full advantage of the the talent the talent surplus they have, you know, talent differential they have over over and above yours. Mm. That's the that's the plan. But then when you got Cody Walker, who is also the fucking like download low key grub himself. Yeah. I don't know that's that it. he's low key. And, <laughs> I feel like he's and and then, and then, and then you get him fired up, and I mean, that's when he started. I mean, it was when that when Hetherington and when when he started to get fucking fired up, that's when South ran away with it. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think it's horses for courses. There's probably there are probably plenty of playmakers that you can get in their head and shut them down. Yeah. But I don't think that the rabbits possess those playmakers, and it was probably there. And then, especially you know, when you get like a you know a Latrell that's in a in an inspired mood as well. That you know. Yeah, but, uh, but having said all that, I loved everything Hetherington did that game. Like his heart was in the right place, mm. and when the rest of them are just not doing anything, it was at least pleasing to see one of them trying to do something. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Uh, Rishi in our Facebook group said, "Source scores a try and knocks Lewis out of the game with his groin. Is he the signing of the year?" Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, Matt Burns the signing of the year. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Liam said, Canterbury's attack reminds me of an under-sevens game. Two passes wide of the ruck, and every kid gets to have a run. It is very predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, One-Eyed Tiger said, the Bulldogs score triple zeros over three weeks. It's officially an emergency in Trent Town. <laughs> Relegate this tin pot pub side out of our league. Terry 
So Doggies completely outclassed today. I thought the forwards were better, excluding Napa. Effort is okay, but they have to stop giving away six again. Thank fuck we don't have Dez, because it can be worse. Yeah, the only problem is they haven't played three of the top four teams yeah. in the competition. And uh, <laughs> who have they played? That they played Penrith South. They played. They played you. They've, yeah, they haven't. I mean, we're, Manly's the only team this year that's going to be able to play Easts when they're Easts. Yep. If you know what I mean, because yeah. like South, because because South injured them all in the first, you know, in, in, yeah, in the first half of that game. So yep. South got South South did well against East when they were East too, because they were up by like what 16, yeah. 18 or something. But Manly's the only team this season that gets to play them because you know with Kiri gone, they're not the same fucking side. Um, yeah, spot on. But yeah, the uh, doggies Dave. Got, oh, sorry, sorry man. Oh, I was just going to say we're going to go. We'll, we'll be going into a Wednesday, but the doggies got the storm this weekend. Fucking hell! Just when they're trying to avoid four donuts in a row. With an attacking coach. Uh, Sharky Dave said, this is a lesson, kids. Always honour your bets. Karma is a bitch. Damn straight. Uh, Lando said, all pub sides should get together for a group action against the Bulldogs for bringing the phrase into disrepute. That's us. Moving on. Okay, what do we got next? Speaking of the Storm, yes, it's the Storm 40 defeated the Broncos 6 down at Amy Park. The Storm had four tries. To Ryan Pappenhausen, a double to George Jennings, Cameron Munster with the other one, Pappenhausen five of seven conversions, and Adokar with a disrespectful penalty goal to finish off the game. The Broncos six try to Xavier Coates and a conversion to Jermaine Osako. Jay. There's the other one. Josh Adokar. Does Josh Adokar do anything to that Bulldogs attack when he goes there next year? Last week, we were talking about the Bulldogs, and you asked the question to the group and said, are there any players from the Bulldogs side that you that you would have? Yep. And I said, Nick Kotrick, and I would like to officially retract that now because it was patently obvious on the weekend that they have fucking ruined that kid's career. Yes. He is, like the, the handling errors, the useless reads in defense, absolutely fucking hopeless and a shadow of the kid who was a beast for us in origin. Yeah. And for the Raiders in just, you know, yeah. great fucking His seasons. ability to create something from from virtually nothing, the amount of times he did mm. that for the Raiders. Yep. And <sighs> he dead said, look, he's got two left feet now for the Bulldogs. It's- yeah, and I, and, I, and I get he hasn't got the guys around him to, to you know, allow him to, you know, create and trust and things like that. But at the same time, you, you're responsible for your own performance and that part of his game mm. is just fucking awful as well. Mm. Yeah, that's it. This game, though, much the way that in the grand final, Melbourne had last year, Melbourne had absolutely nothing to do with it. They were just there, and it was purely dependent on how Penrith played, how that game would went. Um, in a similar fashion, Brisbane had absolutely no control over this game whatsoever. The reason they were in it when they were in it was purely because of Melbourne's mistakes and nothing that Brisbane actually did. Yeah. So they did look better with some wind in their sails than they have in recent weeks. Uh, but then when the storm clicked back into gear, remembered who they were, um, you know, Pappenhausen put on 47 points in about in two minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 Uh, which hasn't been seen since young Matt Moylan set Bathurst on fire <laughs> those years ago. Um, the... The, the storm is still the storm, you know, but they're in a transition period. And 
if you can remember the last time they went through a massive transition when they lost Kronk and then when there were some additional rule changes, it took them a little while to turn Stormball into something that worked all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're going through a little bit of a transition there again where it's a little bit different about who's controlling the game, about who people go to in times. And and I think moving forward, Jerome Hughes is going to take more and more and more and more responsibility of that side. There are a couple of instances in this game where he looked like the couple of hundred game veteran. You know, one, one in particular where there was almost a Thurston-like boot to get them out of trouble after a very ordinary offensive set. And then he was down there leading the chase on his own kick and really dragging the rest of his teammates with him. So um, Melbourne did exactly what they needed to do. Brisbane, like all of the bottom teams this year, they were able to be competitive in stretches, but over that 80 minutes, their focus and their fitness was nowhere near what it needs to be. Uh, Match with that, that they legitimately don't have any strategic fifth tackle options. We joke about Milford, but, I mean, he was fucking awful. Yeah, he was. He really was. And it's this, you know, almost almost ADD inability to view anything but the next three tackles in front of him. You know, when we're not setting up pressure to, to really launch an attacking raid on their line and keep them pinned down there. We're not um, doing anything while he's in control. He's just there. Oh yeah, we're going to do this. Oh yeah, we're going to do this. Oh yeah, I'm going to go for a run. So, oh yeah, I'm just going to get caught with the ball on the fifth tackle, again. thirty meters out from my own fucking try line. Exactly. Jesus so, Christ. That's it. Broncos are, as you as you mentioned, they're just they're just outclassed, and there's a few teams in the comp that are, are just whether it's the rule changes or a combination of, of multiple factors, but they're, they're just woefully off the mark in a competitive sense over the course of the eighty minutes. Um, and then there's times where effort just isn't there. And, and again, it's not, this isn't just the Broncos that are guilty of that, but um, from the Storm's perspective, I agree with what you say in that they haven't quite worked out how the, the changes to the game are going to benefit them, but I feel like they're getting closer each week. And part of that is this high energy blitzkrieg when especially off the back of um, six, you know, six agains or, or some lazy markers or, or slow ruck, etc. They, they really push up around the ball off the back of the big boys in the middle. And, and you saw it with Pappenhausen just exploded there for, you know, 15 minute period or whatever. Uh, but it wasn't just him, you know. Munster was full of running, and and Hughes as well. Uh, they, it, when it's when it's on, it's fucking impressive. I don't think they're quite as close to the markers as the Rabbitohs or Penrith at the minute. But um, when it's on, it's it's definitely the same level of effectiveness. Oh, and keep if they can keep Pappenhausen on the field and allow him the freedom that they seem to be giving him at the moment to mm. touch the ball whenever he wants. Like, I mean, the amount of times that he's in there at dummy half and like and acting like a, you know, he's in there as a genuine half, you know, in attack mm. a lot of the time. He's always around the ball. As long as he's – obviously he's got a license to do that. If you know, they keep doing that, it just seems like the more that he touches the ball, 
the more that the, the team rolls forward. And, I mean, they've still got Harry Grant to come back in as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, that's the thing about the Storm. I mean, they haven't, they haven't even reached their final form yet, and that's just through the fact that they haven't been able to get some guys on the field. Yeah. You know? but, but, again, just look, looking at that forward pack, it's relentless. Yeah. It's absolutely relentless. And the quality and experience have gone there. And, again, it's why they handle transition periods so well. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they lose one, maybe two players, but they still have a generational amount of experience within that team. Yep. So, um, what did the plebs have to say about this one? <laughs> Sorry, I just got caught up. There's uh, another potential um, beast mode emoji scandal coming. The South, the official South's account has tweeted one out. Oh, really? Yes. What a gorilla. Yes. Oh, okay. So, which, you know, again. We had some tweets while I go and have a look at that. Yes. Um, Maybe you can tell me what platform they use that uses that gorilla emoji. Uh, Michael said, are the Broncos the quickest team to head fuck themselves? I think they would have to go very fucking close at the moment. Uh, Cameron said, this is like watching my cat play with a fucked up gecko that she's ripped all the legs off bar one. Mm. Hammers said, Milf getting tackled on the last inside his own 30 pretty much sums up his last five years at Brisbane. That is very true. Uh, Cameron said, Storm, bring it home in an unimaginable come-from-behind victory for the ages. A win for the people's team. Cruzy said, We have juniors that have more footy brains and bigger hearts than this current squad. Seriously, much better to watch. Yep. Yeah. At Queenslander22 on Twitter said, Thank God it's over. The Kevolution has a long way to go. <laughs> on that note, how yep. do you guys feel about Kevy? being the jovial take the piss guy in his press conference every week after being fucking thumped. If he was your coach, how would you feel? Well yeah, but at the same time, I mean I don't know whether I don't you know, you know what? It is it is hard. You don't want to be jovial, but you also I don't think it's a bad thing to have the coach, you know, that's kind of like high spirited or, you know, optimistic you know, sort of vibe either, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing either, but at the end of the day, you know, you, these press conferences are a fucking joke anyway. And I that mean, is correct. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows it. And if you lose, if you lose heavily like Kevy did, you've got to be there anyway. So. So much is made of the players though, yucking it up at, you know, at full time when they've just been blasted by 40. Yep. And then your coach goes into the press conference, and you know, it's it's yeah, not it's a million. Yeah, yeah, it's not a million miles from from the what the players are doing, which they cop a lot of heat mm. for. So, yeah, but I mean, like you know, I don't see him as being like you know he's taking the piss or like having a laugh about it. I take, I, I see it more as that he's just trying to be unaffected and like you know, for, optimistic for example, not, you know what I mean? Like last week, last week when he was asked flat out about Fafita after the Titans yeah. analed them. He said, uh, you know, so, something close to, oh, oh, was he out there? I didn't see him. Yeah. Laugh, 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 laugh. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it, it's a it's a cunt question that demands a a non-answer, and that's what he gave him. Yeah. There you go. Okay. You know, so um, like you're his... you're officially Team Kevy. How good? No, no. I hope he gets I hope he gets fired into the sun. But <laughs> at the same time, if he does, if that does happen, then it does open up the possibility for the Broncos to acquire a good coach that can pull him out of the hole. Tell you what, you and want to fucking want hope. Either. You want to fucking hope that he keeps his job for another six or eight weeks, because if he's <laughs> available, that's exactly the sort of move you'd make. There's, there is no way that there's no way that a coach that is fired is going to get is going to be replaced with a coach that was fired at the same time. Hang on. That's ne- oh, okay, fair enough. That's, fair that's enough. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at I Love Beer 316 said, Pappenhausen superstar, what a way to bounce back after two straight losses dominant all over the park. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. Which ironically was the only one of those tweets that actually had it for the Broncos game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has become a thing. Um, is that it? That's it. Sharky's 48 defeated the Cowboys 10 at uh, Netstrata Jubilee. Uh, the uh, Sharkies tries came through. Hiroti, Dugan, a double to Tracy. Uh, Moylan, Kennedy uh, with a double and Wilton. Townsend, eight of eight conversions, defeating the Cowboys, 10. Tries to uh, Tabuai Fido and Holmes with one of two conversions to Valentine Holmes. Glenn. Lack of talent, depth and, and most critically effort killed the Cowboys and any chance they had of winning this game. They... Uh, one of one of those sides, as I mentioned uh, earlier, that's a long way off competitive. Um, it just they seem disinterested, and I think the Josh Maguire thing. He probably, you know, I, I'm loathe to defend Josh Maguire or or give any real credit to what he says, but you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I don't think he's the only one in the playing group that's that's over the performances they're putting together at the moment by the looks of, of what they're putting together. So um, there's a, you know, for Peyton, you know, how long do they stick with him when, you know, they've had the Tal Malolo thing, which just his injury has probably taken some of the heat off that. Um, you've got another high-profile forward now coming out and being critical of the team's performance. Um Valentine Holmes looks, you know, a shell of himself. Of his he looks best. exactly like every, exactly like every NRL player returning from an attempt yeah. to, to make it in the NFL. Yeah, but let, let's also not forget, or also like a lot of you know, people that have played other positions, all of a sudden demanding to be a fullback. Mm. Yeah, you know, so yeah, the the NFL time the and. And, and all of that stuff, I'm sure, has an effect on it. But fullback is as demanding, if not more so in some respects, than being a half. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just just even in terms of the mental toughness that it takes, there are rules in place now that essentially mean when you are a kicker as a half. Mm-hmm. You are protected, and rightly so. You know, we don't want people chopping legs and fucking snapping knees and all of that shit. It is still perfectly acceptable and encouraged to time a hit so that the second a fullback's foot touches the ground, yeah, they're fucking annihilated. Yep. You know, so this this trend with, oh, well, I'm okay here, 
and it's another backline position, mm. I'm I'm great here or, or serviceable here. Make me fullback. I, has it worked? When's it come on? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I can't think of a great I'm done, winger I'm, that's come I'm on. I'm certain. I'm certain there's examples of it, but I can't think of any just off the top of my head while we're talking about it. And and again, if it's worked, I'd suggest that in that case, that person's been a star fullback through most of their junior career and know the position, broke into first grade by playing on the wing. And then I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, you know, you know where it's worked now. There's one, there's one in progress example of actually working now. Who's that? Took a little while, but now it's working. Latrell. Yeah, I'd say that's working. But again, I would also say that he's he had a lost year though. Him an outlier. He, he had a lost year through injury and lack of ability to make it work. Yep. But now I think it, now I think he's get now I think he's got it. Yeah, spot on. And he's only going to get better too. But so yeah, you're right. I mean, that's agree. like a that's like an outlying rare unicorn of an example. Yeah, that that so, has yeah. an incredibly physically gifted individual. Yeah, and it's certainly being coached by arguably, saying. you know the. One of the top three coaches in the history of the game. Yeah. Um, Back to this game, I, I, I think for the Sharks, uh, William Kennedy, as far as we come, a key hub in, in what Cronulla are doing and how they play uh, when they play at their best. He was really impressive in this game. And, and he's, you know, I don't think he's, he's far off being one of the most dynamic fullbacks in the NRL. I, I don't know that mm. he's got... A, yep. a fantastic passing game at the moment. He's far more uh, a run-centric type player, but um, we see a lot of those type of fullbacks develop, uh, you know, the passing game later, you know, as, as they've played a lot more first grade. I, I think that'll come with him, but he's a really impressive, really impressive player for the Sharks. And the other guy uh, that I was quite impressed with for Cronulla was uh, Matt Moylan. That's some of the best footy I've seen him play in, in several seasons. Uh, this is like his best game for the Sharks, though, right? This is yeah. his best I, I feel so, Sharks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I was impressed with, um, you know, he, he really took some onus there and took certain parts of the game by the scruff of the neck and, and put his stamp on it. So I haven't seen him do that for quite a while. Yeah, that's it. The other one I thought had a fantastic game for the Sharks was Hamlin Ueli. Mm. Who I fucking love watching him play. Um, just again, and, and it's a situation where you say that the, they weren't up against very staunch opposition, and and the defense the Cowboys threw up was just retreating the whole fucking game. I'm not sure that defensive line came forward once. Mm. You know, but yep. um, he he's just one of those guys who is effort all the time. Um, has really grown into his role within the club, you know, and a club with with the history of such great forwards, um, you know, people like Wade Graham and and Luke Lewis, and no one else. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Ueli I thought was outstanding as well. The Wilson um, was as well. Yeah, yeah. A fucking monster. But and you, you look on the Cowboys side though. I mean, and we've said this multiple times, but I'm like Cohen Harris. Yeah, mate. That's forty one. Forty one meters. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Even the mur- fucking living. murderous Frank Molo, seventy five meters. But here's the thing: no one's ever, no one's ever accused Chad Townsend of being 
being an amazing half. You know, he, he at best has been a serviceable seven with with decent game management skills. For the Dugan try, before he fucking green whistled himself, but for that Dugan try, he drifted past, I want to say, six Cowboys players. Yeah. Who made no attempt whatsoever to either stop his roaming or to put any pressure on him to make a decision. And and you, you play like that, you're going to get absolutely handled every single week. All right. Tweet me. Terry said, as a bulldog, Manly has stopped me from popping an artery in my neck, but it's the Cowboys that have made me truly relax. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. Troy said, couldn't even put 50 on us. <laughs> uh, Mitch said, Chad the lad with eight from eight and a handful of try assists eats pressure like Jared Hayne eats vagina without a care in the world. <laughs> Justin said, as a Cowboy supporter, I thought it was a good outcome. For fuck's sake, they're a fucking disgrace. It was like watching the crippled children at a petting zoo, but all the animals are venomous. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, at Rightman28 on Twitter said, it was like watching a priest and a choir boy on a church camp after dark. It, uh, yeah, not pretty. Not pretty. What a right. fall from grace. The Raiders 20 to feed the Titans 4 at a net strata jubilee. The Raiders tries to Rapina, Papali and Sutton. Croker 3 of 3 conversions and a penalty goal. The Titans 4 points came through a try to smooth Corey Thompson. And uh, that was the end of that. I uh, I expect the Titans to to match it with the better sides uh, as the season goes on, and and they've certainly um, showed some reasonable form in the first few weeks. So I think this was a, a probably a test that was a bit beyond them at this stage of their development as a side. As as and and I think they will be one of the better teams uh, when we get to the back end of the season. But the Raiders just aren't a side to be bullied through the middle um, or on the edges. And, and I, I th- in fact, I think they actually um, got the upper hand and knocked guys like Fafita and, and Tino over regularly, um, which really cuts into the Titans' game plan. I think a lot of what they do is that real force and drive through the middle and, and those guys on the edge um, for the, you know, the Fogarty's and... Um, those guys to, to play off the back of and, and the Raiders really cope with that quite well and um, and when they had the ball uh, you know their own big men really got a, a, a good solid role on and um, you know they, they got space out wide and you know some of the tries they scored were quite impressive so um, little the Raiders are a test that the Titans weren't quite ready for at this stage of the season but I think as um, you know later in the season they'll be a lot more competitive but the Raiders perform really well Yeah, I think there were some some definite individual performances that contributed. Like CNK was yeah. absolutely outstanding mm. in that game. And his defensive efforts really helped set the tone early uh, when both teams were coming out and trying to, to get some ascendancy in terms of momentum. He was absolutely fucking crucial in saving tries, which is just as important, we all know, as scoring them. And Whiten's um, effort as well. Yeah, 
that's it. Yeah, say what you like about Ricky Stewart, and and what I like to say is that he seems like a complete fuckwit. But for him to to do the the little things, like throw Ryan James into the starting side for this contest, yep, uh, stuff like that, I absolutely fucking love. And what an absolute first world problem to uh, go. Oh, look, you know, we've we've given Ryan the starting job up against his old side and uh, and it just allows us to bring Papali'i off the bench <laughs> like, yeah. for fuck's sake that that guy is the greatest bench player in yeah. the history of the sport <laughs> and, uh, and, and even off the bench I mean he still he still almost reaped uh, 200 metres for himself mm. unbelievable the, the Titans and Glenn to echo your point they've got a lot of opportunity creators in their side now They've got a lot of those big mobile forwards with amazing wingspans that can get the ball free in tackles and create second phase opportunities. A lot of times they sort of don't know what to do with it. Mm. Contrast that though with situations like when Corey Thompson scored. Yeah. That was off the back of a fucking beautiful offload, was an absolute slick movement out to the left. And, and there aren't, I don't think, any defences in the league that stop that, the way that no. came out. So as the Titans get more and more used to those opportunities within them, um, they'll just become a better and better football side. Yeah, they, I think the Titans season is all about actually just getting their backs up, get, getting their backs on the same page because yeah. and, and identifying what holes uh, exist in the back line to fill in coming seasons. Because, you know, when you look at the pack, I mean – those guys did the job that would be enough to win a lot of games. Yep. In this game, so yep. correct. But then that, you know, through through Fodawaka and Fafita, and especially Tino, who's just the king of those guys. Yeah. Uh, ben in the Facebook group said, "Fade that cunts." Uh, Solzy said, "How good is a long weekend? Beers, beach, and a win on the back of great defence." Still think the Raiders have a long way to go, but some really good signs. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. M- much like you, the Raiders spend a lot of time superimposing themselves in situations to make themselves seem better than they actually are. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. Norts said Titans struggled with attacking options. Fogarty injured early. Boyd still not at that consistent player level. Still happy with where we are at as a team. Josh said, concerned about Raiders' attack, but can't fault their defence. Happy to see offloads kept to a minimum tonight and thought Papa was used well off the bench. Can't wait to see the boys live in Penrith. Oh, I think you fucking can wait for that. (laughs) Uh, Hammers said, it's games like this I have to remind myself that we're only 18 months removed from the wooden spoon. Still a long way to go to compete for a top four spot, but we're so far ahead of where we were this time last year. Can't fault the effort. Just need some polish and probably confidence when it comes to finishing off the bigger clubs. Um, 18 months removed from a wooden spoon. I'd like you to go and look at what Penrith have done since they were cellar dwellers. Um, yeah, 18 months, you really should be vying for a, a title by now. You absolute fucking poverty club. Fuck you off. weren't vying for a title 18 months from a spoon? Well, from cellar dwelling. No, no, no. He said 18 months from a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Big G Train on Twitter 
said Tino was fast becoming the premier middle player. CNK was his usual consistent self, showing why he's been one of the best pickups for any team. Uh, at Real Vile Jelly said Titans came up against a team that isn't elite level so far this year, but challenged them so much more than those they've come up against. They'll come back better. Canberra controlled it, but still look a bit rusty. There you go. Okay, the Dragons, 22, defeated the Knights, 13, and McDonald Jones. Uh, the tries of the Dragons came through a double to Tarek Sims. Uh, Trent Merrin and Braden Williami scored tries, and Zach Lomax, three or four conversions. The Knights, 13, came through tries to Shibasaki and King, and uh, Tex Hoy with one conversion, Mitchell Barnett with another one, and Kurt Mann with the field goal. Jesus Christ. Willie Army yeah. and Shibba. Is this some sort of fucking bizarro universe? <laughs> it really is. Where I they mean, can both play. It's just it's making it, it's making me wonder what the hell is going on <laughs> with the, the, the fabric of the fucking <laughs> the rugby league continuum right now. Like in that situation where like, you know, every, every event that happens creates an offshoot universe. Yeah. Are we now the trash universe? Like, did something happen and someone made a decision? And we're now in a fucking shit universe where everything's going to be backwards. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, a lot of talk in this one. And, you know, look, there's talk from everyone that lost this week about how it's all the rules' fault and fucking Peter Volandes is out there, you know, somehow like the flash moving at the fucking speed of light and shifting defenders out of the way so that people get line breaks without anybody seeing him. So, can we can we take um, the higher ground and instead of and instead of acting like, you know, those fucking subhumans who want to fucking litigate the entire sport of rugby league a month into the competition, how about we fucking reconvene before the first week of the finals? Correct. And reflect on an entire season worth of results and statistics, but that will be laid out before us, and maybe fucking uh, anyone see who how knows it sits anything, or, or or anyone who actually knows anything about any sort of statistical analysis, knows that it is fucking stupid to make blanket statements in this small of a sample size. Correct, especially when these events have not happened in a vacuum. And multiple decisions from prior years directly affect the outcome in these years. So the fucking blame game is as stupid as thinking Kalen Pong is a good fullback. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but thinking thinking fucking David Nofaluma is a top five winger and deserves to play finals in state of origin. Hang on, mate. Jeez. What I was going to say here, though, is more so than, than the rules. <laughs> this one was just Newcastle cruel by injury. Yeah, and like um, and, and and like key injury as well. Like I mean, like Pierce, you know, Tex, their sexy, sexy, Texy hoy boy, and it. and Kurt Mann. I mean, like there you go. That's that's three quarters of your spine removed. And like I don't want to do it. I don't want to fucking wade into the waters of our buddy fucking frog here. But. We've seen what happens to people when three quarters of their spine becomes deficient. <laughs> so it does sound like you just all, dove into I'm, the waters of our buddy Frog rather that's than all waiting. I'm, that's all. Hashtag free Walt Frogman. <laughs> Look, I don't think he needs our help to fucking gee himself up. No. You know there's a whole subset of people that dress like him as a fucking tribute? <laughs> 
It's fucking fantastic. Oh, I love it. Not myself included. It's um, a fucking. It is. The, it is the fashion of the day. Yeah, in in the same way that that the dogs, mo is trying to fire people up. Mm-hmm. Fucking David Clemmer has yet again marked himself with the so easy to annoy to the stage that he implodes tag. Mm-hmm. That smart forward packs are now just going to run at him all fucking night. You know, because he he really can't help himself. Really cannot fucking help himself. In the beginning of this game, when the the contest was on and both sides were going at each other, there was some nerves out there. Obviously, some some drop balls early. No one could really take the game by the, the scruff of the neck. Yeah, Clem's done that thing where where he's gotten the shits with something, and then wanted to be involved in four tackles in a set that were all happening at different fucking parts of the field and then ends up, you know, being involved in a penalty and that's how the first points are scored, off the back of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... You've you got to love the passion and you've got to love the aggression, but fuck me, control it because mm. all you're doing is hurting the rest of your team. But, you know, you lose your, your first choice seven, you lose your one, you know, re- realistically, you, you're just trying to stop the hemorrhaging. Yes, you know, so, um, given I was 100% wrong on this one, I didn't think that the, the Dragons would really have any that much cohesion in attack without their seven uh, in, in Ben Hunt. Uh, but I thought Corey Norman did a serviceable job. Mm. Yeah. So. I'm expecting to see the people's, you know, what Dragons fans' perceptions and, and comments about uh, Smooth Corey changing slightly because I mean he is probably the most derided player within that fan base at that club yes however he's been good the last two weeks he has and been it's, and, it's, and it's clear that it's clear that well it's also clear that Hook you know he has some sort of affinity with whatever whatever Hook's putting down yep and he's given him a role that's either easy enough for him or well suited enough for him to execute yeah and he's yeah. And, and it's all it's all you can ask for how good would it be if there were just one-year deals? Just one-year deals for everyone. So every, every year's a contract year. Everyone's busting. Every year's a contract yep. year. Yep. You know? Keeps everyone on their fucking toes. Yep. You know, you, you're going to get the little ship jumpers, but it solves more problems than it creates. Yep. I thought the Knights yeah. were, you know, really, really gallant in this game to, to stay in it and keep the score as close as, as what it ended up, to be, to be quite honest. They were in a world of hurt. Um, obviously, and and will continue to be so. Um, given you know Pierce is going to be out, you know I don't even know if he's going to be back this season, depending on the extent of his tear. But um, it's a tear, not a rupture. They were saying, wasn't it? It's not quite like a pe- a pec Yeah, it's not a, like not a rupture. Back in the olden days, either it's not an automatic season. But no. they'd have to they'd have to probably get they'd have to be up there and you know contending for the finals probably for him to. Yeah, to okay. get back with any amount of time. Tex Hoy looks like he's going to be able, what they say? It was about two to three weeks, I think, for him too. So is Ponga yeah. back in time or? Maybe he'll go to the halves. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the better stories for the Dragons, I thought, was um, the form of Tarek Sims. He's um, He's been gone off the boil just in the last sort of 12 months or so. Yep. And, and, you know, with the departure of, of Frizzell, ironically, to... Um, to the Knights, he uh, he had a massive game and and was just fired up and some of that real 
passion and aggression that he's, he's sort of built his career on was it came to the fore again and, and played some he really played some good footy and I um yeah I was imp- I was impressed and surprised um I saw you say Jay with the Dragons I um I didn't think that they would put a performance like that together albeit you know their opponent you know had to overcome a lot um but yeah the, the Dragons were reasonably impressive I thought Tweets at underscore appa yip yip 44. Jesus, what a fucking name. Sort yourself out, cunt. Said, uh, hey, fucking, by the- no one. Hey, hey, wait, hang on a minute. You, you fucking, you like Avatar as much as the next person? Huh? You like, do you like fucking Avatar Last Airbender as much, as much as the next person? Don't my, fucking lie. My kid does. <laughs> He's six. <laughs> I think we should have more more fucking uh, avatar themed handles out there. There you go. Um, he said, "Live by the Mars bar, die by the Mars bar." Uh, what does that even at- mean, though? Really? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. He's got chocolate <laughs> in his ass off. Oh, fucking nice. <laughs> I feel just a Devon Dragons Head. fan just trying to fucking just trying to mention Mars bars. That's true. Devon Head said, "Where's my credit, Knights fans? You can all lick up the paprika I'm spurting after that glorious display of attrition and rugby league." <laughs> <laughs> um, at Peverland is anon says Ravalawa swaveled the Knights so hard that it caused collective CTE to its entire fan base into blaming PVL for a failure which has lasted for how long now? <laughs> Uh, Liam, so I suppose the yin and yang of life meant Shibasaki had to benefit from a drop bomb at least once. <laughs> uh, One-Eyed Tiger said, Dragons fans get to put their Easter chocolates in the mouth, not up the anoush. And Dave said, the Knights are the worst thing to happen to mining since the Chileans tried their hand at it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, fuck me, I haven't seen that much controversy over a jersey. Oh, I don't think ever. Yeah. And and I know it's not that far of a leap in a sport where we believe so fucking strongly in things like hoodoos and bogey teams and and all of these things for them yeah. to, to think that, that that stripe is cursed. I thought it was funny when they – well, not, not funny, but quite ironic where they showed footage of Mitchell Pierce's previous pec injury and they were playing against the Tigers, but – they're wearing that same jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the worst, the worst fucking jersey selection games in history, if not the worst. Yeah. They're like Tigers against an orange high-vis fucking team. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you would have thought that the fucking Tigers would have been respectful enough to say like, okay, we'll wear the Maggie's jersey this week. Yeah. But, you know. We'll wear our more, our more white strip. That's it. As they say. Mm. Out in Campbelltown way. That's it. That's With it on that game. <laughs> the Roosters 32 blew out the Warriors 12 at the SCG. The Roosters 32 came through tries to Teddy, Nat Butcher, Drew Hutchinson, Josh Morris, and a double to be Moz. Um, Takayaho, three or four conversions, and Sam Walker with one. The Warriors had tries through Pompey and Tohu Harris. Cody Nikarima, two of two conversions. Glenn. I was disappointed in the Warriors. I expected a better showing from them. Um, 
the Roosters, on the other hand, really just controlled. And um, you guys both mentioned last when we did the the preview for this game, and I, I tipped the Warriors, and you both said you spoke about the Roosters' systems, and you know you got an eighteen year old halfback that comes in, and I thought he had a, I think he he definitely had a, a reasonable sort of game being a, a teenager coming in and playing for such a big club, um, trying to fill the boots of, of Kiri. Um, but what I was most impressed with from the Roosters was how his teammates really allowed him to come in and find his feet and not have too much expected from yeah. young Walker. Uh, there was actually a couple of sets where um, he didn't actually touch the ball. They They sort of... The forwards just controlled it, just so he could take a take a breath and and continue to find yep. his feet. So um, again, that that speaks to the Roosters' systems um, and the Roosters. Uh, sorry, the Warriors. I felt like they had plenty of chances to to take control of the game, but the, the execution in their skill plays just continued to let them down. And I feel like that's a sign of Nathan Brown coach sides. You know they're they're a bit gritty and and show a bit of toughness, but I I just I feel like the skill plays let them down. It was it was quite similar at the Knights um, when he was there. So, but the Roosters once they um, once they started to get on top, they they just played like they didn't have any of their best players out. You know, so I um, I was yeah. really impressed with how they rolled through the through the forwards. Uh, I thought Crichton on the edge. On the left edge was he had a fantastic game. It's one of the best games I've seen him play in a long while. Um, and then the Morris boys and, and Teddy did their thing. So Crichton is really stepping up into becoming the player that is just like the obvious replacement for Cordner. Mm. Yeah, like positionally yeah. and even like in that sort of leadership capacity on the field as well. Yeah, like I, this this game from the Roosters was better than I ever would have dreamed it was. I mean, I didn't think they'd be able to sort of pick themselves off the ground after so many injuries like they'd, you know, like nothing had happened. And while you wouldn't say they were, they were at the absolute best, I mean, they're still they're pretty fucking solid mm. considering, considering what they lost, you know? And um, like the Mozzies though, fuck, they stepped up. I mean, at what point do we start saying that like Brett Morris is like the, the greatest fucking winger the game has ever seen. Yeah. Dead set. Now, now. Yeah. that's why we mean, say it, because it's true. fucking believable. Yeah. Like, the fucking guy is ageless. Mm. Yeah. And like, maybe maybe human, maybe the key to fucking long longevity in humans is fucking, you know, maybe all of our aging cells and the cell degeneration starts in their neck. <laughs> because, <laughs> which is explained why fucking DCE is going downhill in the early 30s. And... <laughs> And, and and the mozzies are fucking the mozzies are like you know fifty five years old and they're still fucking like killing it and like and and he's he's not scoring like Darius Boyd in state of origin tries either yeah I mean he has to beat his way through two guys at once and find a way to put the ball down and shit like it's just fucking the, so impressive the, the thing that makes it more impressive is that he's at that stage of his life where pain's more real. I think the the thing is, as we get older and as we learn more and as we grow as people, I think the pain receptors in our brain actually get wiser as well and they're better at recognizing pain. So you see him crashing over for these tries and you just know, like he's in fucking excruciating agony 
and still getting up and doing it. Yeah. But the yeah, the, the Roosters were, were just too good. And, and they're fortunate to have, you know, just as Melbourne do, that much experience across the park in key positions and probably some unsung heroes in their forward pack. The the guys that get in there, they're not, you know, some of them are rep players in their own right, but they're not the superstars. They don't get all the accolades or the attention. They're not the David Fafitas, yep. that sort of player. Um, but they are fortunate that a lot of their scoring opportunities don't really rely on halves to do much more than start it properly. Yep. Because they've got that much talent outside and in their fullback that can roam both sides of the field, uh, that that means that while losing Keir is fucking terrible, um, it it may not be crippling. I don't I don't think they're a, a long term top four solution. A season's a long time for an eighteen year old. Yeah. Uh, but fuck, what a first outing. Yep. Tweets on this one, Michael said, is there a better sight in rugby league than Bunty Afoa off the back fence? They haven't re-signed him either. I would fucking have that guy on my side. There's a large portion of the fan base really pushing to get him re-signed. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those players that the fans really get behind as well. Mm. He's just like, like the way... And, like, I do maintain that a lot of it probably has to do with, like, players that have longer hair. And when they hit the line, their hair flies and it looks like they're fucking doing stuff. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> like, Marty Tupia so, used so to that, have a bit of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. But now where's it gone? Can't, well, it doesn't run, run the ball. <laughs> does that? Doesn't Luke, well, Luke Brooks has put in more effort to run through a banner than you have. I feel like he's uh, I, feel, I feel like he's also stopped uh, he's stopped doing his powerlifting during COVID. He's looking smaller and paler ever since uh, since fucking the COVID break last year. But um, anyway, Bunty's awesome though. Fucking hell. Are you having fucking power failures in Toowoomba? Or is there some sort of ring situation going on here where you're in a haunted house and there's ghosts (laughs) going to appear behind you and the lights come back on? I have no idea what you're talking about. Jesus fucking Christ. Your screen keeps going black. Your lights go out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know what's going on. What's that clown there behind you? What's that clown on the right of the screen behind you there? Down beside that bed. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. I will not sleep tonight. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Quentin Quarantino on Twitter said, same old, same old from the Warriors. Just hang in the game and they'll check out mentally at some point. Every opposition coach of the Warriors since the Daniel Anderson era. Yeah, that's true. At Warriors suck balls. It was fun until it wasn't. Young Walker did well and the Morris wingers are just too good. Roll on some shittier teams for some wins. Oh, also, Tedesco is really, really good. There you go. <laughs> <Yes>. You think. <laughs> All right, the uh, Parramatta Eels 36 defeat the West Tigers 22. The Stadium Australia, good crowd, just under 30,000 in attendance. The Eels 36 came through tries to Nukore, Papali'i, a double to Opechek, uh double to Fergie Ferg. And Clinton Gutherson also with a try. Four of seven conversions to Mitchell Moses. The Tigers tries to Dane Laurie. He's first in first grade. Uh, Dewey, Utokamanu, Little with Dewey, three or four conversions. Glenn. Really? You can go first. I wasn't on expecting this one, you to go to me. Para were a million miles off their best. They made a hell of a lot of fucking errors. 
and the Tigers still weren't good enough to, to execute, execute a handful of plays at the end to, to win the game. In fact, they they gave up an extra couple of tries. So um, the Tigers' goal line defence in this game just showed, you know, for all the, the bleating and all the talk about positive, you know, pulling positives um, out of each performance and the massive off-season that they had working on defence, is all fucking horseshit. And it comes down to, to player attitudes. Uh, when you see, you know, you see teams, we spoke about the Raiders earlier, defending their line. And, you know, Nate, I thought you made a great point earlier saying, you know, teams are going to roll down the field with the six again rules. Um, and, you know, teams that can defend their line and have confidence in their, their defensive structures to to do that are, are going to be the, the teams at the top. And the, the Tigers just... Some of the tries they scored were fucking embarrassing um, to watch. So, um, And as as I said, the, the the countless stories and crap coming out of the club about the off-season focused on defence, um, and, and then we turn that out in round four. It's... Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just... And poor. BJ wasn't there either. No, but uh, Noffa was still there, and... Yeah, <laughs> the, the try where he rushed, uh, you know, I, I don't think James Roberts helped him, but the fact that <coughs> Noffa ran directly in front of James Roberts to try and take a guy, um, it was one of those Nofferous, yeah. one of the Nofferous Noffers, yeah, ever, really ever to be done. <laughs> I mean, Jay was talking earlier about the, you know, the fact that you know somehow the the, the the dimensions have have ripped and and somehow this earth that we all live on and this timeline has become the shit timeline and there's another you know beautiful timeline or you know multiple other variations let me tell you if i was ripped out of time and i was floating between different eras and i needed a constant to anchor myself so that i could find my way back home to my home timeline i would nominate my constant to be the play Nofa's of David Nofaluma, <laughs> David Nofaluma's rugby league ability. Because <laughs> I tell you, it doesn't matter where you are set adrift in time. <laughs> you can always find your back to That's those it. misreads. Like all, all, all of the realities fucking... <laughs> where, where he's playing Origin were the ones where they didn't find out about COVID until three months down the track. And every other wing of the dead. <laughs> it had mutated to the point where, where it actually targeted and murdered wingers. And also... Somebody assassinated, someone assassinated Peter Volandis, yeah, so he yeah. wasn't able to save rugby league. <laughs> and, and it got itself into the playing group and mutated through there. Yes. The, the yeah. Tigers fan base on Twitter are a large... A, there's a large segment of them that just will just trot out and search for any semblance of a positive. You know, the fact we, we clawed our way back and we got within two. You know, Para should have, should have, and were well in a position to beat us by 60 at a stage, at a critical stage in that game. And the fact that they didn't is, is on Para. Um, not on anything that the Tigers did spectacularly well. And um, there were still some, you know, the same old things that I've said for, you know, four weeks and I've been saying before I came back here. Um, I just think 
the, the fifth tackle options, the goal line defense, I've been saying it for seasons. And you know, I've been saying it through one, two, three, four different coaches now. Um, yeah, there's there's a hell of a lot of work to do. Um, you can't look at that game and say that the Tigers are legitimately competitive with the top tier of sides based on that performance. And, um, you know, if anything, they're a long way off. You, you, you've won one game this year and you've been competitive in one game this year. And the constant in both of those is that cunts couldn't catch bombs. Yep. You can't go into an NRL season with your sole attacking plan being hope they can't catch bombs. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. you know, and, and realistically, that's it. Anyone that looks at the Tigers' performance today and says that they clawed their way back into that game is fucking kidding themselves. What happened was that Blake Ferguson and King Gutho had absolute fucking dick finger moments at the back mm. and that led to points. You know? And the thing is as well, the, the Eels were like extremely tired and dare I say almost out on their feet towards the end of that game. The Tigers were two points adrift and it looked like that they could come home the stronger. But the second that they bridged that gap and became two points adrift, then that actually woke Parramatta up and they're like, oh fuck, these cunts can steal this. And so what they do? Instantly, bam. Put a try to put you know eight points up, put the game out of doubt effectively, and then 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 played right to the fucking whistle literally, and um, you know put another one on, you know put the pressure, kept the pressure on, and put another one off a forced error right at the end of the, after the siren. Yep. The only saving grace from this game is that we play the Cowboys next week, and we always beat the fucking Cowboys. Also, also that Dane Laurie scored his first NRL try and he was fucking Mate, um, generally I, I can't, awesome again. I can't say anything more about the guy. I, I honestly feel like if we don't sign him within the next month to a five-year contract, there is, you know, want to talk about parallel universes and all the rest of it, he'll be playing for the Roosters or someone else in fucking 18 months or some other club that can see the value and, and can actually let him fulfil his potential because I'm not sure the Tigers soon, have that in them. As soon as Matt Burton backflips. So does Matt Burton bat flips? He will as well. We'll end up back with, home. and the true irony, we'll end up with fucking Dylan Edwards. Fuck me, yeah. Alfred E. Newman. Hey, <laughs> did you see the NITV interview with um, Dane Laurie? No, I, I, I didn't see it on TV, but I saw it on Twitter today. And um, and they were interviewing him, and they sort of like, you know, where's where are your people? Where are you from? And everything. And he's from like Yamba or Luca or somewhere around there. So the Dane Laurie thing, big Dane Laurie. Is his, uncle, is his uncle, and he was named after. He, he and he was named after him. How good! So he was actually named for him. So yeah. So How that, good! That's a, I, I didn't know that there was actually an actual familial connection between them oh, two. Okay. But not only not only that, but he was actually named named after him too. That's why his name is Dane. So nice. So and then that then that made me think, Jesus Christ, how old is that? How old is fucking? How long ago was Big Dane Laurie? Was he that long ago? And it turns out he was probably about. I think I think Dane. The junior was born in '99, and Big Dane was born in about '84. So there's actually quite a mm. decent yeah, age difference between there them. Yeah. Uh, Alice, there in our Facebook group said Luciano needs to hit up Manscaped to get that scrotum chin hair sorted. It's a long Rishi, way. Rishi, who I'm going to I'm going to give fucking comment of the year so far to. Comment of the year. Here we go. Says I don't really care who wins. I just want Dane Laurie to play great become a favourite of the Tigers fan base, then come back to Penrith at the end of the year. Then each team can take turns to do this every year to the Tigers. We'll call it 
granting. <laughs> uh, excellent. You know what? I I had another. I had another. Uh, I had another title in uh, in mind for the episode this week, but it's actually changed now. The, the title is going to be granting. <laughs> what was it going to be? Uh, may I ask? Sorry. What was it going to be? I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't have the app open, but I did write something down earlier in the episode. But um, I'm literally opening Photoshop up now while while Jay's talking and making the actual thumbnail for the show. <laughs> uh, Fat Harry Lazy said the most Tigers loss you could get within two points with a real chance to win it, only to lose thirteen plus. Hashtag Tigers in decline. At Jay Bartley ninety on Twitter said, "I want to eat my last chocolate Easter bunny, but the way Parra nearly choked on that game makes me pretty damn hesitant. Maybe I'll do a Furco impression and drop it on the tiles first for easier consumption." <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, at Geo underscore Ute on Twitter said, "The Eels are giving me Pittsburgh Steelers twenty twenty vibes. Yes, undefeated, but don't feel like a well polished unit with a misfiring Storm side being their only real challenge so far." Nate, I'll let you comment on. The validity of that comparison yeah the Steelers were though they, they went undefeated for a long period uh, in the in the most recent season and they were kind of unconvincing and then once they started losing they started losing to, to I can't say never should lose to and ultimately they, they didn't fire a shot at the business end there you go uh Super Grover said how many different home ground advantages do the Tigers need to win a game they're more anxious than a gypsy with a mortgage which I don't know if that's racist or not I feel it is. Okay. So in the current, uh, what a fucking you know, you, terrible I mean, thing you, to say. You've Stormfield. got guys like you've got guys like Tyson Fury referring to himself as the Gypsy King, but he is of he is of Gypsy or Traveller or whatever you want to call it. Pretend characters you know, in movies don't count. Not to mention that Sorry? reference is Who, completely <laughs> plagiarised from uh, the Honey Badger, the guy who plays rugby that does the undies ads. So I don't get know who some I'm more, fucking material. I don't know who I'm more disappointed in here. The Grover for tweeting it or for you for knowing that fact. And is that even a fact or does the honey badger just, just regurgitate every bit of Ocker slang that he's ever fucking heard either? You I'm know, also what what's worse? That you know who the honey badger is or that you watch fucking commercial television. <laughs> live in Toowoomba. There's not a great deal of options. Jesus Christ. Um. Okay, well, I don't, apparently Nick Fury's the Gypsy King, so fucking there we go. <laughs> Nick Tyson Fury. Fury. Tyson Fury. The fucking heavyweight boxing champion of the fucking world. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Whose fight name is the Gypsy King. <laughs> Good for him. I, I mean, I, like there, there wasn't anything to think about there. I literally said all, all of the information. <laughs> Unless he comes out to that fucking Bumbaleo song. Bumbaleo. Get out of your head now. Try, 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 try and sing that and, uh, without, without sounding like you're making racist versions of Spanish. <laughs> Go on, you know you want to. Look at the devil on your shoulder. Oh, no. I, can see him, I can see him telling you right now. <laughs> Hang on. Do Spanish people fall into the same category as us that it can't be racist? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that you that you could be racist to you know to like Mexicans and their yeah, Spanish speaking people. For yeah, sure. Spanish. See, you've just been. They're not Spanish people. They're Spanish speaking people. I'm talking about Spanish people, like people from Spain and the Ibiza, home of Ibiza. <laughs> I feel like we've got off track. 
Um, yeah, yeah, just for something different. So, in short, Storm fans are racist. Um, at Zeppled sixty nine said, "Who's picking up the freight to take on Embai?" Yeah, it's a good question. We addressed that last week in the episode, and he didn't do anything today. I don't think. Like, fuck me, the poor cunt's trying. You can see him trying yeah, to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's trying to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking brilliant. He's trying to make himself worse the worse the three to four hundred thousand dollars that his uh, his recipient club will have to have to pay eventually. That's it. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Well, that is it then. Full time for episode three eighty seven. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in a multitude of ways. Just head to thisweekinleague.com. All our links are there on the right, or Google Twill Nation Linktree, and that'll give you that'll be a top result. All the links to all the things, and we are very happy that uh, in the last week the memberships have gone live. Uh, in all their permutations. If you go to thisweekinleague.com, uh, click on the link to the shop and you can get one of our old school classic memberships with the shirt and other merchandise and stickers and whatnot, um, which is great. And uh, we've got tons of people on those already. So thank you to those who've already um, fronted up. Hoodies, hoodies are up as well. So grab those. We want to pump those out so that we actually have them in our hands when it gets cold enough for that brief window in Australia for three weeks where we can actually wear them and enjoy them. And um, Patreon has gone huge since we opened it. We had a brief little window there of exclusivity for the uh, Digi members of last year to get into their grandfathered position, but it's open for everyone now and we've had a great response so far. So go to patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation and you can see the various tiers. There are tiers there to suit every budget and with inclusions there some great stuff especially for like the grand final sort of time of the year as well and uh really looking forward to uh having some good times and speaking of the patreon uh just to give a shout out to a couple of our beautiful patrons that jumped on through the week uh al uh cody girlstone who's been around probably real dad probably remembers the name because he's been around since for a long, long time. And of course, we can't forget our uh, MVC and just all-around nice guy, Aaron Ma, as well. Shout out to you, sir, and thank you for jumping on board. Uh, you've been a great supporter. Actually, all three of you have been great supporters over the years, over the last couple of years, and um, it's great to have you on going forward. Aaron Ma is one of the Fantastic. most naturally funny human beings I've ever encountered. I rate him very highly. And also an actual like not like an like an internet funny guy. He's like a legit good guy as well. Yeah. Like you know, yes. we've obviously spent a lot of time with him, you know, in person at meetups and stuff. And he's just a, he's just an awesome guy. So uh, all of you are awesome though because you are patrons of ours. And so yeah, patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation. Get in there. And um, one of the benefits that all memberships, whether you buy the classic one on our website or you join up as a patron is that given the ongoing menace that the fucking bat flu COVID actually is, we don't know when it comes down to grand final weekend, we don't know if venues are going to be capping what we do for our meetups. Um, So whereas in the past, it's just been like one in all in rock up. We start at midday rock up whenever you like. We are anticipating we're probably going to have to cap things and make them, you know, ticketed events in quotes. Uh, whereas not that there's a ticket cost involved, but just the ticket possession involved to get into it. Like and a lottery that, event. Yeah. And, and if that happens, well, yeah, rather than a lottery, if that happens, I mean, the, the patrons and the people who buy the classic memberships 
are going to consist that they, they are going to make up the numbers first and then if there's anything left afterwards then we'll open up to people outside of that uh we're going to support the people who support us uh first and foremost uh we appreciate you motherfuckers and uh yeah if that sounds like you get in there nice anything else you want to add fellas before we wrap things up that's us it's done that's it all right in that case we'll uh talk to you on uh wednesday Later. see ya Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.